You are listening to Better Golf Academy with me, Hanju Lee. This is episode 7. Well, hello everyone. Okay, here's the thing. We all want to get better at golf. But for whatever the reason, our game just doesn't improve. Sound familiar? Okay, well, I'm here to share the best secrets of improving your score. This podcast is not about giving you swing techniques or swing tips, but it's about giving you specific strategies, a tangible plan, and fun ways to improve your score. So welcome to Better Golf Academy Podcast. You ready? All right, here we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Better Golf Academy Podcast. I am your host, Hanju Lee, and I just want to say thank you for listening. Um, So have you been watching the PJ tournaments lately? I don't know about you, but dang, so crazy. I mean, I usually watch the final round on Sundays, and I love just following the leader, the last group, you know, the shot by shot. And I guess I love doing that mostly because I, I try to imagine what it's like going into the final round with the lead and uh, what kind of drama that that can af- unfold. And I just imagine the anticipation and build up of pressure of trying to win the tournament and the pressure putts and the errant shots and how each player overcomes or even crumbles under pressure. And the last two weeks definitely has lived up to its hype. Yeah, did you guys watch uh, Cameron Champ? At the uh, Safe Safeway Open in Napa, he's a 24-year-old uh, and won by one shot. And he attributed the win to his grandfather, who has stage four cancer and is in hospice care. Um, and he's the one that taught him the game. Oh man, when he broke out in tears at the end. And then they interviewed his dad, um, who was also in tears, saying how much it means to his dad. Uh, which is Cameron's grandfather. And it's just impossible not to feel lost yet. Also feel the sense of sweet victory and the legacy that's being celebrated, man. That was pretty awesome. And then last week, did you guys watch Kevin Nas, uh, Shriner Open win in Vegas? OMG. So so when his little daughter, Sophia, ran up to him and and then he looks at the camera and says, I would like to say something. And then he like sincerely and emotionally thanks his supporters for always believing in him. And dude, it just doesn't get any better. So good. And I'm not going to lie. I I teared up a bit both Sundays. (laughs) But hey, okay. Let's talk about my podcast listeners. Okay. As promised, I want to give a shout out to a listener who wrote me a review on iTunes. Thank you so much, Trent for leaving me a five-star review and he writes i love this podcast so i was searching for a golf podcast to better my golf game and came upon this one from the moment hanju starts speaking you are hooked he is so knowledgeable about the sport and is able to explain it in a way that's easy to understand and for every skill level of golfer I'm always excited to see what the next episode is going to be about. Keep it up, Hanju. Well, Trent, thank you so much for your encouragement and taking the time to let me know that you are excited to see what's next. 
I will always try my best to deliver good content that will help you better your game. So keep listening and thanks again. Okay, you know what's funny? I get ready to drive to the golf course for the round and for the local course around here, it usually takes about 20 to 30 minutes to get there. And I'm always thinking to myself, okay, what can I listen to on the way there that could really put me at a right frame of mind or even help me prepare to play really, really good golf today? Do you guys ever think that? Or do you guys have some type of routine you have for your pre-golf drive? <laughs> I would love to hear about it, seriously. Anyway, I thought, hmm, why don't I come up with something that could really help? Maybe I can listen to it myself and it'll help me too. <laughs> so I thought long and hard and asked myself this question. What would I consider a successful day? Okay, let me rephrase that. If I ask myself, okay, today after the round when I'm driving home, what needs to happen on the course that would make me think that it was a great day? Because so many times in my life, I had this miserable drive home. You with me? Like so many regrets, so many missed opportunities. Thinking about so much accumulation I endured, uh, so much money I've lost. And, and when I say so much money I lost, I mean like $10. <laughs> but, but still, I hate losing. But there are also times when I drive home super pumped, right? And it was a great day and I had so much fun and I played great and I won, whatever it may be. You know, one of those days you're just so excited and just can't wait for the next round. So I thought long and hard and I asked myself, what makes a difference from a good day from a bad day? And what makes a difference from I am so disappointed to I am so happy? So I want to dedicate this episode to set you up before the round so you can have a great day on the course and be happy after. Cool? I was watching a TED Talk the other day uh, on YouTube. Do you, do you guys watch that? Anyway, there's an um, entrepreneur and economist named Nat Ware. And he's a Rhodes Scholar based at Oxford University whose research focuses on social impact poverty alleviation and the economics of happiness oh so he seems really smart and has done a lot of research on this subject so i decided to listen and as soon as i started listening what intrigued me was his first opening line and he said this he said i remember being shocked the first time i went to africa i was shocked when i met a one-legged taxi driver in kenya I was shocked when I met Sonia, the orphan schoolgirl in Rwanda, and I was shocked when I met a disabled farmer in Mozambique. What shocked me wasn't their poverty, but their happiness. Then he did a quick survey with the crowd. Okay, want to do this survey with me? Okay. He basically asks these questions to the general public and after he shares the answers according to the research. Okay, so ready? Okay, first question he asked was this. Imagine that you're competing in the Olympic Games representing your country. What would you prefer out of the following? Okay, you have to answer honestly. Okay, one, who would prefer to come in second? 
Number two, who would prefer to come in third? Number three, who would prefer to come second to last? Okay, and here's the second question. Okay, say you won the lottery. What would you prefer? One, you get $10 million tomorrow. Okay, number two, you receive increasing payment month by month for a long period of time and you get eight million dollars in total okay all right okay here's a third question you get to choose your salary okay number one you get fifty thousand dollars and everyone else gets fifty thousand dollars okay second you get fifty thousand dollars and everyone else makes more they make sixty thousand dollars okay or third you get $40,000, but everyone else gets less, which is $30,000. Okay, do you guys all have your answers for those? Well, I'm going to tell you what the general public chose as an answer, and I'm going to tell you what the research showed as an answer. Okay, so number one, about uh, competing in the Olympic Games, who would come in second, third, or second to last? Well, 90% of the general public said they would rather come in second, okay? But the research showed the contentment, happiness, and the satisfaction came from coming in third place. That's what the research showed versus second. Okay. All right. The second question, you won the lottery. What would you prefer? 10 million tomorrow or 8 million uh, in a long period of time? Okay. 92% of the general public said, I want the $10 million tomorrow. The research show that the people that ended up very happy with their winnings are the one that extended it to long period of time with payments. Huh? Okay, the third question, you get to choose your salary. What do you want? You want 50K, everybody gets 50K. You get 50K, everyone gets more 60K or 40K and everybody else gets less, 30K, okay? So 60% of the general public picked one, which, you know, you get 50 and everyone else gets 50. But the research show that the person that makes more <laughs> Once makes 40K and everybody else makes 30K, research show that that person is actually happier. Huh. The research really talks about how bad of predictors we are of happiness. And the macro data actually supports this as well. We are wealthier than ever, but unhappier than ever. We are more prosperous, but more depressed. We are just less satisfied. There are more suicide and homicide in most countries, and we have more goods and services than ever before, and we have technology improving exponentially, but we don't see the corresponding increase in our life satisfaction or in our happiness. Okay, so why? Why are we so bad at predicting, and why are we so unhappy? And through his research over the years, he said there's one explanation that he finds far more compelling, far more plausible, far more persuasive than any other. The reason why we're unhappy, 
the most compelling reason as shown by data, as shown by research, relates to, ready, expectations. What? Yep, expectations. At a very simple level, we're unhappy when our expectations exceed our experiences of reality. Okay, let me repeat that. We are unhappy when our expectations exceed our experiences of reality. And this is called the expectation gap. The conclusion was that there's an expectation gap that's causing us to be unhappy. This really explains why a bronze medalist can be happier than a silver medalist because their silver medalist imagines coming in first place. Yet the bronze medalist imagined coming in fourth place. It's expectation that explains why often lottery winners aren't that happy because their happiness doesn't last because they don't have that increasing levels of satisfaction throughout their life. It is expectation that explains why you can be happier with the income of 40000 versus an income of 50000 So I had this incredible epiphany about five years ago that really changed my perspective on golf. First, I was getting so frustrated with the game that I really wasn't having fun at all. I, I felt like I've been a devout and committed learner of the game. I've been playing golf for so long, for so many years, I've I've always had so much respect and knowledge of the game. I feel like I I was putting so much effort into proving every areas of my game. I worked on the strong fundamentals and eliminating a lot of my swing mistakes by hours of drills and range time. I've been trying to play smart and strategic golf week after week, but I just wasn't improving. But you know what I was doing? I was going to every round with such high expectation of how I needed to play and and what score I needed to shoot. And I thought to myself, why am I making myself just so miserable? So I started asking myself, how do I really manage my expectation before I start playing? What should I be thinking about and how should I posture my attitude so I can be the best that I can be out there But at the same time, at the end of the round, I really enjoyed and had a great time. And at the end of the round, I'm also excited to keep learning and excited to keep growing and excited to keep getting better at this game. It's a great question. And I think there are three crucial things that we must think and understand. Number one, we need to understand the reality of golf. Okay, did you know that golf is considered the hardest game ever invented? Not only the physical, but also in the micro level, since the margin of error is so very minuscule. Also, did you know that in golf, good swing and even good shots can produce bad results? Golf is irregular because every course is different. And one degree off on your impact can move the ball 20 yards off target including the spin that will produce a slice or a hook. Man, have you ever seen a professional lose it out there? And those guys are working on their game for hours and hours each day trying to perfect every shot. 
Ben Hogan, one of the greatest legendary golfers of all time, said he hits about 10 shots around the way he wants to. So keep in mind before you step out there that this is golf and be okay with it. In fact, celebrate it. That's why we love this game. It's a lifetime pursuit. Okay, point number two, understand the reality of your game. Okay, now ask yourself, when is the last time you played? Or how often do you play? Ask yourself how many hours you practice this week. Ask yourself how confident you feel about your current ability to crush it out there. Be realistic. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying walk out there with your head down thinking to yourself, why am I even out here? I suck and I'm going to suck today. I mean, be realistic. Know your strength and know your shots you've hit before. And you can consistently do it again and again. And also know that you can hit your best shot, but it doesn't always mean you will do it the same next time or it will result in your favor, okay? And number three, expect the unexpected. Okay, now without having unrealistic expectation on how you're going to play today, play your best. Focus on every shot. Don't half-ass it. Concentrate and put your best effort knowing what you know. Think positive and build your confidence on the shots that you're hitting well. Expect the unexpected, whether it's good or bad. Be okay with it. Expect bad shots to end up close to the hole sometimes. Expect good shots to go in the water with the bad bounds sometimes. Expect the unexpected and be okay with the result. It's golf. So in summary... Here's the thing. We are terrible predictors of what we think is going to give us the best round today. Just like we're terrible predictors of what's going to make us happy and excited at the end of the round. But if you manage your expectations correctly, you'll be sure to win no matter what and even have the best time doing it. Isn't that why we're all out there in the first place? I don't want you to misunderstand it and just need to go blindly out there and let whatever happens happen. There's a difference between having goals and having expectations. We have to want to get better and set goals, grind away on the driving range, spend hours perfecting your touch around and on the greens. We need to pursue this game with everything that we can to get better. But once we step out on the course, don't fool yourself. Your hard work doesn't guarantee you anything. Expectation holds you in an infinite loop of false possibilities. Okay, did you guys get that? So here's my advice. Rest in your own truth. Just free yourself. Uh, five years ago when, when I was talking about the epiphany that I had, this is a new logic and the reasoning that went through my head. First, my question was, why am I not playing this amazing golf, this scratch golf? Like, I want to be a scratch golfer. <laughs> and I'm frustrated every time I play. And why am I losing the players that haven't put in the effort that I put in? Then I thought, wait, I don't really work on my game as hard and long as I should. Wait, wait, this is a really, really difficult game that can result in strings of bad misfortunes. And wait, 
one bad hole can kill my entire round. And wait, I'm not a pro. And wait, even pros struggle out there. Then I decided to just free myself from unrealistic expectations and just go out and play my best and have a blast doing it. And guess what? The pressure, the anxiety, and frustration left me. And I've been playing my best golf ever since. So number one, understand the reality of this game. Number two, understand the reality of your own game. And number three, expect the unexpected when you go out there. Put your best effort for every shot and celebrate the good and be okay with the bad. Cool? Cool. Okay. Did you guys enjoy this episode? Are you guys ready to have some fun? I want to know. I would love it if you leave a comment on our episode 7 blog on bettergolfacademy.com or just email me at hanju, H-A-N-J-U, at bettergolfacademy.com or I would love it if you leave me a review on iTunes podcast. Make sure you leave me your first name on iTunes review so I can give you a shout out on this podcast, okay? In the meantime, let's all get better together. Let's do it by managing our expectations And let's have a blast out there. Remember the surprise and the shock when he met the one-legged taxi driver in Kenya, when he met Sonia, the orphan school in Rwanda, when he met the disabled farmer in Mozambique. What shocked him wasn't their poverty, but it was their happiness. Hey, thanks for listening to Better Golf Academy Podcast. I really appreciate you being here. Ciao for now. Talk to you next time.